0: Uh, take a break from your calls eight hundred three two one zero seven ten is the number to call uh, you know after we take that break uh, whenever you want uh, Mets just uh, drafted their pick a little while ago number six pick overall in two thousand and eighteen draft. An outfielder, Jared Kalinick, uh, I guess that's his name. I hey, guess why he's a high school guy? Yo, another high school guy. So, we'll hear from Kellenick. I'll probably be off the airwaves by the time Kellenick, or however you say his name, has an impact on the Major League Ball Club. Uh, let's transition now to welcome in SNY's insider, Andy Martino. SNY's Mets insider, I guess. Are you SNY's Mets insider, Andy, or baseball insider?
1: Have you been watching the show that you're on? We talk about the Yankees,
0: man. Right, so you it's, are uh, you, right. You are the baseball insider, right? Yeah, that's correct,
1: MLB insider. In fact, uh, we're here in the SNY newsroom right now. Uh, I have a special guest for you, Sal. Here's uh, anchor Doug Williams.
0: Hey, Sal. Hey, Doug. How are you? Doug Williams, of course, the host of Baseball Night in New York. We've had him on the show before. Andy's treating this just like a regular casual phone call for some reason. Right. Oh, wait, are we on the radio? <laughs> oh, uh, Let me take it off. Uh, anybody else in there that you could uh, pass the phone to? All right. Um, well, uh, by the way, I'm, the Yankees are currently uh, obviously currently playing today. We get to them in a little bit, have a double header for the Yanks. Well, let's start with the Mets, Andy. I mean, I think Mickey Calloway is, is, look, he's rightfully been under some scrutiny here. He's been struggling to start. Funny how we all thought Gabe Kapler was going to be the first to go. He was atrocious first couple of weeks of the season. I'm not saying Kapler is good. I know you don't think he is, but Mickey Calloway has certainly, has certainly been exposed here. Um, give me the latest on your thoughts on Mickey Calloway and all that's gone on the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who thinks it's been good. <laughs> certainly. I think the question, Sal, really becomes, how bad is it? Will he adjust? Uh, You saw, obviously, uh, those comments about, hey, it's not as easy in New York as it is in Cleveland. Uh, That was not a good look, obviously, for plenty of reasons. It's like, first of all, I know someone who worked in Cleveland last year. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Wink, wink. And so that was just an odd thing to say. And Also, just if you look at his roster, you've got guys who played in New York up and down the roster, and that has nothing to do with, with obviously, the pressure they're putting on themselves or or why they're not playing well. Uh, So that was weird, and there's been a lot of weird moments. The lineup card thing is the most most obvious, but just moves, in-game moves uh, throughout the season, and I've been very careful not to rip and run on him uh, try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But a lot of times, Sal, and a lot of times it's for our show when I do some reporting on, Hey, what'd you think of this bullpen move? You know, asking baseball people inside and outside the organization, um, definitely it seems like the game is moving kind of fast for him as a guy he's never managed before
0: eventually that will slow down but the problem is andy is that this is a team that's a veteran team they're a win now team Look, i thought they were making or getting an upgrade all due respect to terry collins and i love terry collins i said as much i've said it on on plenty of shows uh but i thought they needed maybe a fresh voice it was time for a change and callaway kind of you know, blew everybody away with the interview process and then talking to the media. I, I thought maybe he'd be a an upgrade in, in that spot. He is not. It's been a downgrade. I don't know if he's a good fit for this particular ball club that's trying to win now with a bunch of veterans.
1: That's a great point. You know, the Mets um, brass and frankly, for a long time, Mets ownership has had a philosophy that it's far preferable to have New York experience if you're going to manage the Mets. Now, that hasn't always been a hard and fast rule, obviously. Terry Collins didn't have any New York experience. But generally, they like to, they like that. And if you remember, there was a whole wave of candidates who were floated initially, like uh, Joe McEwing, Robin Ventura, guys who did have those ties. And look, that doesn't make you a good manager. Uh, but to your point, Sal, if you have a sense of what New York is like, you're not going to have these kinds of growing pains necessarily that Calloway's having. I just thought mentioning Cleveland was a real odd look yeah. yesterday, and it just shows, like, it seems to show where his head is at. I'm not inside his head, obviously, but it's, if, if it were a guy who had played here, managed here, coached here, he certainly wouldn't be hearing that quote.
0: It's a great point that, They usually look for a guy with New York experience. You know why? Because they know that New York can be different. And I'm not buying into the nonsense. It's tough to play here. Give me a break. What it can be is tough for a manager who's never managed before to manage a team here that is not playing any well, uh, playing any good. I mean, that's the problem. If the team's playing well, it's not a big deal. But when the team is going bad, you know, then people are going to look at a guy and and a a guy with no experience and a guy who's talking about, well, New York is tough, blah, blah, blah. They're going to start to micromanage him and they do that anyway. But in particular, the guy with no managerial experience, it's going to be even worse for that guy. So that's why I think right now, it's just a bad mix. The team is playing poorly. Callaway has no experience as a manager, and he has no experience in New York, and he's bringing a lot of these things up.
1: Yeah, right. He is. Uh, it's And you know, again, the use of the phrase rock bottom was another one. Mm. Not as bad, but it was kind of a head-scratcher because... Then you're branding. What, what were they when he said rock bottom? Were they under 500 or right around there? I don't How think they were yet. They,
0: that was? I don't even think they yeah. were yet because now they're three under. They just lost four. Maybe they, that was the first time they fell under a game. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it was, right. obviously.
1: So, like, that's obviously a rookie media mistake because for the rest of the year now, as this rock bottom, Mickey, as this rock bottom, it becomes the whole thing. Uh, and, you know, there's things. It goes back to, I remember in spring training. I was in Port St. Lucie, do you remember this uh, little dust-up when the Mets went fishing and either they, were, either they were hanging out with Donald Trump Jr. or Donald Trump Jr. happened to be there, depending on, you know, what version you want to see. Sure, yeah. There. yeah. Um, and But the point is that Callaway the next day played it off by saying at this press conference saying, well, what am I supposed to check with the Secret Service every time I go fishing? And people, some people in the organization were kind of smacking their foreheads like, no, there's people in New York. That really hurt and offended by Trump, and you. Th- however, Mickey Calaway stands on Trump isn't the point. The point is like talk. You, you have to know your audience, and that's been going on since the beginning here.
0: How about the one thing, and we're talking about SNY baseball insider Andy Martino. Oh, thank you. You yes. know, the one thing he said uh, that they were going to do, is the same thing Terry Collins said when he took it over, I'm sure other guys before that, we're going to play the game the right way. And they've done anything but. I-, I do think, though, Andy, they're starting to focus on the little things as opposed to, you know, hitting maybe, I don't know, pitching <laughs> maybe. They're not doing anything well. And all this attention now being brought, I mean, was talking about practicing more and, I uh, they, they're, they're all, I mean, come on, we've heard the same thing. Doesn't it just come down to the players actually doing their jobs? And I think, to your point about him being, you know, you can't be in his head. Well, he's in his own head, and the players certainly in their own heads. It seems like they're overthinking instead of just going out there and playing the game of baseball.
1: Yes, great point. First of all, the big leagues, as you alluded to, are not a teaching league. It's right. not a practice league. You don't learn fundamentals in the big leagues. Frankly, you don't learn them in the minor leagues. A little bit more. But you learn them in high school, college, little league. The prof- professional baseball is about results, not not teaching, not learning, um, for the most part. So the idea of practice, I, ho- I hope that doesn't happen. If you're going to run those players out there to do drills, that's not a good look. Uh, and it's just, but it is bizarre how they started to do some things wrong. Jay Bruce, a veteran guy, not in any stretch a dumb player, uh, catching that. Uh, or, excuse me, backing off of that shallow pop-up, allowing the sack fly the other day, for example. That was dumb baseball that is not like Jay Bruce, as he was the first to acknowledge. Plenty uh, of other, Stephen Matt saying, oh, I never pay attention to the runner at third base. It's like, what? You mean the one that's 90 feet away from scoring a run? It's just, there's stuff that's going on that's bizarre. And none of these guys, are, they're not this bad. These are talented ball players, So it is just weird that it all seems to be. It's like there's a hex on them at the moment or something.
0: you think they could eventually turn it around? I was trying to start the show and be a little more patient, give them at least the next five mm-hmm. games. I mean, the Orioles stink and then they have an off day before the Yankees and the Subway Series, which is going to be a whole nother mess for Mickey Calloway. You, you think any reason, or you see any reason why this team, look, they could get healthy here. Cespedes, Frazier, Swarzak, maybe even if Syndergaard's going to come back. Maybe they get healthy, uh, start lengthening the, the, the lineup up a little bit, and mm-hmm. the bullpen maybe turning around at all. Or you think this team is a dead team walking?
1: Nah, you know I'm not ready to call them dead. I, although I'll say this, we, we talked about this on BN Monday night, and, and I'm with you. We, you and I have talked about this on the side. Like it, it's definitely too long of a season, and too early in that long season to say forget it, it's over. And you don't want to fall into that trap if you're trying to analyze a baseball season of overemphasizing the way something looks for a couple, a certain week or two or three or whatever. Um, but the uh, that's easier to say in theory <laughs> Sal, than when you watch these games because it's so bad right now. I, it's just so ugly and there's such a lack of energy and cohesion. And then you look at a team like the Braves who uh, just have or have a certain uh, energy to them uh, around them this year that you don't see with the Mets. And, uh, it's a long season, but if you look at the way it looks right now, it seems like quite a hole to dig out of not just in terms of the record, which isn't that bad, but in terms of just everything that's going on and how bad it looks and how bad it must feel to them. Uh, I'm not ready to say they're dead, but again, it, it's just it, it's hard to see this ball club winning right now based on what we're seeing.
0: What kind of changes do you think can be made or will be made with this roster? I'm not talking about just the deadline. I'm talking about in general mm-hmm. maybe leading up to that because they're taking on water, obviously. They need, it's time to get serious now. you see any significant changes happening with this roster?
1: You mean like adding or subtracting or depending on how it goes? Like, well, I
0: mean you know trimming the fat, Reyes, I mean guys who aren't doing anything. I no. mean, you know, Reyes, Adrian Gonzalez, Jose Bautista, I mean you know, how many are we gonna look at these guys all year long? I mean, are they gonna try to actually get some baseball players in here? I don't know that Reyes lasts the year. I heard some rumblings that he might be the roster
1: casualty for Sworzak tomorrow, but that's not apparently not happening. He'll he'll be safe for now. But every time somebody comes back like Seth, just, I something the question comes up again with Reyes. His numbers, I had to look up his numbers today for this little story I was writing about how his roster's safe. And it's like, oh, my God, they're really bad. His on-base, he's slugging like 190, 198 is on-base like 208. So bad. And he's playing third base so poorly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, he's, his time is running out. It probably should have run out by now. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as like what can be done in season to really help them, I don't know. Getting a lefty reliever. I mean,
0: can they get a lefty yeah, reliever? Or that that
1: well, I'll tell you what. On Friday, I think it was when they were using when Keller was using Paul Seawald, uh, who's right-handed as his lefty reliever. <laughs> That's, that tells you all you need to know. You're right. They could use a lefty reliever. They're paying Blevins a fair amount of money to be that guy, and he looks shot all of a sudden.
0: Well, I think that's I think that's the point. They, at some point, they're going to have to get some guys in here who actually can do the job. Otherwise, it's going to be another lost season. And then, if it is, do you ever envision a scenario, Andy, say at the end of the year? And I saw you tweet a little bit about this. If they were to lose 100 mm-hmm. games, I mean, do you do you think the Mets organization would clean house and you know start from scratch again?
1: Well, look to me, it's absolute insanity. Frankly, to even have the conversation not for you for bringing it up, Sal. It's been a topic. But I just can't believe it that fans of a team that took several years to build up and and to get to a place where they have players like Syndergaard and Degrom and Conforto would want to start over. I mean, gee, are you crazy? These people five, you want five, you want to spend five years in the wilderness again? Well, I was talking about more
0: talk, talk about more the GM and manager. I mean, than anything else, oh, not oh, yeah.
1: Okay, but so yeah, look, the GM could he's 70, 71 years old. Uh, on his, uh, probably in his final, uh, run with the team, how it ends will depend on how his team plays, whether he calls his own shots, whether he it's one year or two years. Um, that's definitely something to watch. The manager has got a three-year contract. It is an Alderson hire. higher. Uh, I think the more likely scenario, let's say, let's just say that this season ends in disaster, 90, hundred loss territory. My prediction would be that you'd have a different GM next year. And that uh, that uh, the Callaway would enter the year on shaky ground, um, but you know it's a lame dock under new GM and all that. Um, but I, I do think it's early because to your other question, to your earlier question, Sal, about are they dead? No, they're not dead. So we're playing out with still a fictional scenario. Sure. Um, and you know I think that the question, be, as Alderson looks to find his moment to to wind it down, I think the question becomes. Does, does John Rico take over? Uh, does ownership really get in the mood to blow it up and go outside and find someone new to implement their new plan and really start from scratch? Those become the questions. That I would argue for continuity. I, I'm arguing that the org- I would argue that the organization is not in a place where it's so bad that they have to blow everything up. I think a lot of their fan base has become really quick to be like, and now it's all a disaster, and we've got to rebuild. I, I don't see how they're there yet or close. Yeah. So, uh, yeah,
0: I can I can understand that, and I'm going to give them a little more time as well. Last one before we go, Andy. Anything on Jared uh, Do You have any info on him whatsoever? The Mets' first round pick. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> I tweeted this a few minutes ago. This is my. I know people get all crazy about the drafts and prospects. I came up with the New York Daily News, where what they call write the stars. You know, like write the write about the players who people really care about. So when I think about Jared and, and uh, Peter Alonzo and whoever else is down on the farm, uh, see a New York kid, and I'll interview you then. How's that sound?
0: Right. No, I agree. I've always been in that philosophy, too. But the problem is it seems like that's changing now. People care more about the minor league teams and the minor league players than they do about the guys up here now. Well, it's a nice
1: little bait and switch for GMs across baseball to run, right? Get their fans excited about the prospects. that, that, and, that yeah, never pan out. Yeah. You know, Right, sometimes rebuilds work brilliantly like they did with the Houston Astros, and a lot of times they don't. So I'm always of the, of the inclination of see how you can help, especially in the two-wild-card team era, see how you can help that big league team. And to me, in a two-wild-card era, if you've got Syndergaard and DeGrom, you've got a shot. So I, I, that's, that's where I am with the State of the Mets.
0: Thanks, Andy. We'll see you in a little bit. That's it. Did he hang up? Oh, he must have, his phone must have just died. How about that? Perfect timing. Uh, Andy Martino, SNY baseball insider. You could see him on sports night, baseball night in New York, giving you some insight to the Mets right there. I do think, and we had this conversation with Harper a week ago. It's the same thing, or a couple of weeks ago, whenever I was on last. It, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves. I know everybody's expecting the worst here and you know, blow the team up and trade this one and that one. Give it a little more time. I mean, again, you get swept by the Yankees and lose to, you know, split with the Orioles. It's going to be ugly come Monday, but give it a little more time here and see if these guys can do the job that they were brought in here to do. Eight hundred three 710 We'll maybe do some NBA in a little bit on the other side. Update you on the Yankees score. Take your calls and Mets tickets to give away before we say goodbye at nine o'clock. Salicata in the sports zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy on the voice of New York, 710 WOR.
2: You're in the W.O.R. Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal
0: Licata. Just reading some stuff about the future. Jared Kelenic, the Mets' number one pick, is, you know, look, he's a high school outfielder. I mean, seems like a good kid. I'm sure everybody who got drafted seems like a good kid, or at least the most part, especially in the first round, uh, should seem like good kids. Will he ever pan out? Who knows? I think it's way early for anybody to tell, uh, even the team that picks said player, so... Uh, is what it is. You hope he's a good player. You hope he's uh, actually a good baseball player, not just a one-tool guy, and you're picking somebody with the six-pick overall. You better have five tools. From reading about it, it seems like that is the case with Kelinek. Uh, again, who knows? Now, maybe in 10 years from now, I look back and saying, hey, remember that first night, producer Mark, when we were talking about the Mets taking this kid? I couldn't even pronounce his name. Now look at him. Mets are going to retire his number, or whatever it may be. Uh, obviously, they wouldn't do that in 10 years. It'd be maybe, I don't know, 30 years from now? Like you did with Porzingis? yeah. <laughs> Exactly, Rip Porzingis. By the way, he's overrated too. I mean, if you want to get going on that, now he's better than I thought he would be when they drafted him. But it's not like Porzingis has done anything that's Hall of Fame worthy. Um, well, let's update you on the um, on the Yankees. One one right now, top of the fourth in Game Two. Yanks obviously won the earlier one this morning or this afternoon, seven four over the Tigers. Luis Severino terrific again. Surprise, surprise. Severino and Chapman have been unbelievable. Chapman's been unhittable at the end of these games, and Severino's been a true ace. And the Yanks just bludgeoning people with that offense right now top four in Detroit looks to be some um added stuff going on in that game too John Carl Stanton got hit with a pitch and looked to say some have some choice words for the pitcher uh didn't charge the mound but there was some you know some talk and the catchers had to hold him back so maybe some extracurricular stuff for the Yankees and the Tigers who are playing a makeup doubleheader today in Detroit we'll keep you updated on that we'll get to the 3BA the NBA, but I call it the 3BA now. We'll get to that in a little bit before we say goodbye. Nine also, another pair of tickets to give away as well. Right now, the calls. Let's go to Mike in Jersey. What's up, Mike? Hey, Mike uh, Mike from the Bruckner. That's me. Mike, what's up? Mike on the Bruckner. What's up, Mike? Hopefully you're not uh, in traffic.
2: So, so, Sal, listen, I'm curious as to get your opinion on who the biggest disappointment is on the Mets this year. In my opinion, I'll tell you after you give me yours. It's a great
0: but... question. Biggest disappointment on the Mets this year. Uh, we talk in the whole roster. You want to just go batters, pitchers, what? Uh, well, the whole team. But I'll give
2: you a hint. He's an offensive player. He's a he's a positional player. Uh,
0: well, I'm not going to try to guess yours. I'm going to come up with mine. I mean, look, uh, take your pick, Mike. There's a boatload of them. Uh, Conforto I mean, Conforto
2: is mine. Nobody talks about him. Conforto, hands down, the guy was, you know, in the running for the MVP is he's, he's the next best. Uh, you know think since sliced spread this year, he's been totally non-existent.
0: I think it's a great point, Mike. I think Conforto is certainly one of, if not the most disappointing guys. I, I've been saying for weeks that he's the biggest culprit of why this team's offensive struggles have just continued here because he's not doing what's expected. I mean, the other guys, you know what type of hitter Bruce is. You know what Frazier is. Conforto and Cespedes have to be... 300 hitters for this team to if they're going to score some runs or, you know, is 280, whatever. He's got to hit with power. Conforto's got to be a 300 hitter. Is that even close? So I think you're onto something, Mike, where he is one of, if not the biggest culprits of this team.
2: Hopefully he can turn it around, Sal. He's got to turn it around. Otherwise, we got no shot.
0: I agree. I mean, they will go. And thanks for the call, Mike. They will go as Conforto goes. If he doesn't live up to his potential, it's over. Fold up shop. Doesn't matter. And you look around, obviously Bruce is one too, but to a lesser, and Bruce has been terrible, but that's if you're comparing him to what he was a year ago. I would never expect that again. I mean, you'd hope that you could see that from him. But I think Conforto is a good one from Mike. Again, he was the guy who I thought weeks ago was the biggest culprit for this team's struggles offensively. You could look at, I think Harvey is one to start the year. I didn't have high expectations for Harvey. Others did. Matt has turned it around a little bit. I think Familia would be another one too. Because Familia has been a shell of his former self, who was, in my opinion, the MVP of this team in 2015. Syndergaard could be up there, too. He hasn't been great by any stretch. When you're talking about the biggest disappointments, the biggest culprits, it's the guys you expect the most of. What your expectations are and what they are actually doing. And look at all the room in between. And for Syndergaard and Conforto, those expectations are sky high. And even Familia should be up there, too. Mac is in Jersey. What's up, Mac?
3: Hi. um, I I have to change what I was calling about because of what you just said. Uh, Excellent question from the previous caller, Conforto, Bruce Cespedes. And because of injury, Frazier hasn't produced. Uh, So there's a lot of... uh, Guys who are big disappointments. However, Familia and Syndergaard have not been as bad as people are saying. Familia is, is third in the
0: league in saves. Now who cares? How many of them were in the first two weeks? Third? You're counting saves now, or are you watching them, Mac? I'm watching them, and and not only that, people are, are,
3: are lambasting his entire career. Uh, Familia has is the best reliever, the best closer. The Mets have ever had statistically, in terms of save opportunities
0: converted. Now, what is that? What is that saying exactly? I mean, you're going to compare him to Armando Benitez bring, and Braden Looper. Is he better and, than Billy
3: and, and Wagner? Yes. As far as when you bring someone in to convert a save, either they convert it or not. If they don't, it's Mac a problem.
0: Mac is familiar the same pitcher this year as he was in 2015 or 2016. He's fine. He's fine. Mac, is he the same pitcher as he was in 15 and 16? I don't see a problem. Well, well, I don't know what you're watching. I'm sorry, but I don't know what you're watching. You don't see a problem. Jarese Familia has not been great this year. In 2015, in the regular season, and in 2016, in the regular season, Jarese Familia was great. One would argue, as I have many times, he was their MVP. He's not the same. Something's wrong with him. Gazelman has been their best reliever. So, familiar. you could put him in the disappointing column. And look, outside of his Drupal Cabrera, Jacob deGrom, Brandon Nimmo, and Gazelman, everybody is in the disappointment column, including the manager. 800 321 710. We'll do some 3BA talk next. We'll take your Mets calls as well, update you on the Yankees game, and give away a pair of Mets tickets all before 9 o'clock. It's Sal Lakata in the Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York 710 WOR.
2: This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Lakata.
0: I don't know if you're into the NBA Finals, or I should say the 3BA Finals. I, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I, I'm sorry. The 3BA is a joke. The playoffs have been a joke. It's non competitive. Home team wins by 20 games, uh, 20 points the majority of the time. And all they do is shoot the three ball, hence the moniker 3BA, three ball association. That's all it is. I don't want to watch guys just chuck shots. You saw the Rockets do it and they lost because of it. You saw the Celtics do it in game seven. They lost because of it. Outside of the greatness of LeBron James, why am I watching? What, to see guys shoot threes? I don't care. I want to see basketball being played. That's not basketball for me. Teams that just chuck the three. I get it. Steph Curry's a great shooter. Oh, whoop do doo Because Kevin Durant, what a you-know-what. I I'm, I can't stand Kevin Durant for his decision to go to Golden State. He changed everything. The landscape of everything. If he would have gone to another team or stayed with OKC, the balance would have been better. But now you take the best player or the second best player, whatever, one of the best players in the sport, you put them on already the best team, now you have an imbalance. And for four straight years, we've got to watch the same two teams, the Warriors with everybody against LeBron and the Cavs who are just inept. I like watching the Cavs only because of LeBron and because they're not, they don't shoot the three as much as everybody else does. They're not as reliant on it. LeBron actually drives to the hoop. God forbid somebody does that nowadays. The lost art in basketball, driving it. Sports are so backwards right now. You you used to drive to the hoop because that's the highest percentage shot. So then the way the sport has evolved now is, well, what's the point of taking a two and we could just shoot threes? You can miss half of them and still have as many points. Okay, fine. Baseball, the same thing. You A starting pitcher used to start a game because he was your best option. That's why he's starting. That's why you let him go as many innings as he possibly can go. Now they're starting to get through five. Oh, he got me through five. Let's go to the next worst pitcher that we have. <laughs> You're supposed to actually use the good pitchers or the good players, and everyday player should be out there. Not you don't have to platoon for George Brett or Mike Schmidt or Keith Hernandez or Don Mattingly, and I could go on and on. Nowadays everybody's got a platoon. Well, he can't hit lefties. Well, yeah. Obviously, he can't hit lefties. Nobody's ever let him hit lefties. Then you get up here, so now he can't hit lefties, so you have to have somebody else to do half his job. So it takes two guys to do one guy's job. It's it's just all backwards. It is really infuriating. But the three BA is just I, I'm sorry, and I know the Knicks have been bad for so long, so it's irrelevant essentially in New York. But the idea that LeBron, you know, isn't the best ever, he is, but but really, who cares? How much can you take of LeBron versus Michael Jordan? And you know the greatness of Steph Curry and Durant and the Warriors. we get it. They're good. Okay, nobody else can compete. Too bad a healthy Chris Paul wasn't there in Game 7 for the Rockets. Maybe that would have changed and brought a fresh team into the Finals for the first time in four years. Or maybe if J.R. Smith wasn't such a bonehead and actually paid attention, I don't know, to the game, the final seconds of a game in Game 1 of the NBA Finals, maybe it, the series would be a little more interesting, as opposed to the Warriors being up 2-0. Of course, J.R. Smith having the all-time dumb play, trying to run the clock out thinking his team was up, instead they were tied all they had to do was go up for a layup or kick it out for the wide open LeBron James at the top of the key just like it's just hard to watch the game has changed I'd rather watch 86-84 final defense buckets hard to come by pounded in down low to the big man if you get doubled kick it out not today's game I can't stand it James in Morristown what's up James hey Sal how's it going good what's up James
3: so I'm not even going to ask you about Flores because I know that's a hot button for you and me both. Yeah. But my biggest hot button right now is I'm so sick of hearing when we get Pulecki back, when we get Pulecki back. Now he's playing Pulecki at first base. I mean, I'd rather see Gonzalez play. He's he's way better. I mean, I know Gonzalez ain't great either. But Pulecki, the other night in that extra inning game, the pitcher's pitching for his fifth inning, he walks the guy in front of him to load the bases. Ploiecki swings at the first pitch and grounds the shortstop without even getting a chance to get a left. No, it's a, a, a terrible
0: at-bat. It was a terrible at-bat. And look, Ploiecki at best, at best, is a part-time catcher in the big leagues.
3: That's what I say,
0: yeah. And and, and and James, I'll take it a step further. Flores at best is a bench player, really should be in the American League, but at best right. a bench player against lefties. That's it. And if you had, and thank you for the call, James, if you had, it is talk is exactly what I was just talking about. If you had a great first baseman, a guy who could play every day, you wouldn't be worried about Kevin Ploiecki or Wilmer Flores. You mentioned Adrian Gonzalez. The reason why Gonzalez isn't in the lineup is because why? Because he's a lefty, and they don't want him to face a lefty. Well, then you wonder why the team struggles against left-handed pitching because the lefties on the team who could actually hit, they don't play against left-handed pitching enough. So then they go with all the scrubs just because they're right-handed in the lineup. Well, how is this team so bad against lefties? Well, because you're playing guys that are fringe major leaguers against them. I wonder how that's possible. Gee, how is this possible? How come they can't hit a lefty? Because Wilmer Flores is batting third, starting at third base against them. I'm just, I'm tired of watching guys who aren't baseball players. They aren't complete baseball players. They can't play the game. They can maybe hit, but they can't run. They can't field, they can't throw, they can't hit righties, or they can't hit lefties. I mean, it's one thing or another with the limitations. Can't stay healthy. Get some baseball players in here. If you have to pick off the scrap heap for guys like Jose Reyes and Adrian Gonzalez, and fans are clamoring for, or at least some people were, for Hanley Ramirez, and I think he's an upgrade over all those guys, that probably means that the roster isn't good enough as currently constructed. I could have lived with the Flores-Gonzalez platoon at first base if you got everything else to fall in place. Jay Bruce every day in right field, Conforto every day in center, and Cespedes every day in left. And the problem with that now is that one of their best offensive players is Brandon Nimmo, and where's his position? So now what? Now you got to put Nimmo in one of those spots. And then what do you do with Jay Bruce? You play him half the time, you move him to first base, and then get Flores and Gonzalez out of there? You're going to sit Conforto? Sometimes you have too many options, and it's only good to have options if they're good. What's the point of having an option if it's a bad option? Mike in East Rockaway. What's up, Mike? Sal. Yes, sir. Enjoy you working on radio, man. How you doing? Thank you. Appreciate that. What's up, Mike?
2: I go back to 1962 as a producer. My dad took me to the polo grounds. I was eight years old. Okay. 69 series when Cleon made the catch. I was there. Uh, Pete Rosebud Harrison fight there. Whatever. I can go on and on. Shake Willie Mays' hand in 73. Yogi comes out after the series. What the heck? We're talking to friends today. Met longtime, faithful Met fans. Uh, they drop the ball. The Will Wilpons. They pick up over-the-hill guys. As you mentioned, Sal, you know and others, everybody was in a funk at home plate. You know, usually one or two guys are not hitting, somebody steps up. Like, like Casey said, the inaugural season, after 120 losses, he stands up in a dugout and says, can't anybody play this game? Everything's in disarray. Minor league, uh, we, we got um, open is imploding, can't come back. And let's hope, like you said too, Sal, Conforto and, and uh, uh, Cespedes, when they come back, Let's see if they add a spark and others step up. But we got over the hill guys, like you said, Gonzalez, Frazier. It's you know, it, it's uh, uh, it's it's mediocrity to the nth degree, and, and it's sickening to watch. I'll never, you know, change teams like some uh, uh, like some uh, phony you know front runners change teams and no. But uh, it, it's a
0: disaster. Yeah, well, it hasn't been good, Mike. And thanks for the call. I appreciate it. It's been tough, and now. I'm torn because, again, it's not too far removed from back-to-back postseason appearances for the for the second time in franchise history. So can they get to the postseason? Yeah. And I think if they do get there, you're talking about DeGrom and Syndergaard, games one and two, that's pretty good. DeGrom can match up against anybody. Syndergaard's got to get it turned around, but when he's at his best, he can match up against anybody. Matz has been pretty good. So their starting pitch, usually the hardest thing to find in baseball is the top-of-the-rotation starter. They have that. They have multiple. That's why they had success in 2015. That is why they had success early 2016. Obviously, a lot of those guys got hurt in 16, but they were able to stabilize it with Lugo and Gazelman, who are now in the bullpen for this team. They have enough pitching to where they should be able to contend. The offense, all the offense had to do was something. They just had to do a little, a little bit. And they can't even do that. They're doing nothing. One run in 24 innings. I mean, if the Mets were awarded two runs for every hit they had, they'd still be losing a majority of these games. They have to hit. It's simple. Yes, they have to field. Yes, they have to do the little things. We understand that. They have to hit and they have the guys here who at one time or another have proven they can hit at the Major League level. They're just not doing it. Getting Cespedes and Frazier back is going to be huge. You have to have Conforto and Cespedes do the damage in this lineup. Maybe that takes the pressure off of Bruce, and he starts to perform. They have the guys here. They just have to start hitting. And then you won't have Devin Mezaraco hitting fourth. You'll have him hitting seventh. And maybe Rosario, whatever he adds at the bottom of the order, that will help. Same thing with Gonzalez slash Flores if he ever comes back with that platoon. That's good for the 7th and 8th spot in the order. Not the 3rd and 4th spot in the order. They have to trim the fat. Time now to get serious. Clean the roster up and get in guys here who can produce. And if you don't produce, a la Jose Reyes, you're gone. That's it. Not enough room. Batista, the same thing. Give him a fair chance to fill to be the guy to fill the void that Flores left when he's out. Could be a right handed bat off the bench, plug in, play some third, maybe give him a first baseman's glove if you need to. That's it. Time to get serious and clean up this twenty five man roster. 800-321-0710. Mets tickets to give away when we come back. Final segment. Your calls as well on the sports zone. It's Salicata filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, seven ten WOR.